Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The Healing Word program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. Visit LargoCC.org for more information. The world will take away your future. The world will cast doubt over you. The world is a thief and a robber and is always extracting from you, stealing from you. But Jesus comes to give you a hope and a future. When considering your future, are you optimistic in anticipating what's to come or left with little hope for tomorrow? When one focuses on world events, including disease, financial instability, and corruption in government and business, the future can seem bleak and hopeless. But I invite you to stay tuned to today's message of hope as Pastor Jack Morris unfolds the truths of God. Let's join the congregation of the Largo Community Church for the message, A Future and a Hope. We are going to go to the Word of God, and I want to listen. He, he's going to say something to me today, and I believe to you also. And I want to hear what he has to say. I, I don't want to miss it. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit is here to send the Word into our hearts that will bless our lives and cause us to be the people that God wants us to be and become the person that we want to be. So let's take our Bible, hold it up, and say, This is the Word of God. Now bring it down, put it over to your over your heart, and pray this prayer with me. Father, I thank you for your word. You speak to me through the Bible. Open my heart today to hear and receive your word. That I might grow in the faith and the knowledge and reverence of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. pray. Amen. Amen. A future and a hope. Now the scripture that was read from Jeremiah about a future and a hope has to do with the people of God who were exiled to Babylon from the city of Jerusalem. And they were obviously so depressed, so dejected, They had walked away from the Lord. God was going to now disciple them or discipline them, disciple them. uh, But he let them know through the prophet that he still loved them, that he's going to take care of them, that even though they feel that everything is lost, they still have a future and a hope if they turn back to him. Everyone who turns to the Lord has a future. Everybody here this morning, friend, you have a future. Whatever's going on, it's not over. It's not over. In the Lord, there's always new beginnings. Now, last Sunday, we celebrated Resurrection Day, the resurrection of Jesus, Easter. And on that day, we saw two 
people, well, one person and then the group of the disciples, Mary Magdalene, in the morning, we saw her despair turned into great rejoicing in the Lord. She had a resurrection experience of her own. In the evening, the disciples were locked behind closed doors because of fear of the Jews. They felt their future was gone, but when Jesus appeared, they knew they had a future. Oh, I'm praying. Listen to me. I'm praying that Jesus will appear somehow, some way, through a hymn, through an anthem, through the sermon in this Holy Communion service, that Jesus will appear and went to you in your heart, in your mind, and you will have a Jesus confrontation today, and you will know in your heart that you have a future, that God has something beautiful planned for your life, no matter how old you are or how young you are, where you are in your spiritual journey, God has something good. I hope you are expecting you will not be disappointed. Now, think of these, these people. Mary in the morning, the disciples in the evening. Everything they had hoped for, worked for, sacrificed for, believed in, everything was gone when Jesus died. Everything. Where do you go from here? When I use the word despair, I, I'm using it uh, because that's exactly how they must have felt and how they were feeling. On one occasion in Luke chapter 18, and I'm not sure exactly what prompted Peter to say what he said, but it seemed like just all of a sudden that he was having thoughts and then he turned to the Lord and it just seemed like it just came out of the blue. He turned to Jesus and said, we have left all to follow you. We have left all. Now when you give up everything, your house, your family, your occupation, your income, when he said all, he meant all. He said, we have left all to follow you. So when Jesus died, then all was lost. And they were in great need of, of, of help. Great need of help. Well, in the scripture today, it says Mary in the morning, the disciples in the evening behind locked doors. But in between, the other gospels say that Jesus appeared to two of the disciples as they were walking the Emmaus Road. And they were dejected, their appearance. You know, when a person is depressed, we taught, they, we taught this in, in the training that I went through. When they come into the counseling office, you can look at their attire, their clothes, their eyes, their hair. Uh, they just sort of give up on themselves. And you can almost begin to, to diagnose that this person is experiencing depression, even before they, they say a word. So here are these two disciples walking. Jesus was gone. At least they thought he was gone. They didn't know he'd come back. And he drew near and he asked them what they were talking about. And they said, you, you have been in Jerusalem and, you, and you've heard all of the, the gossip and the rumors and, and you don't know that this man, Jesus of Nazareth, that we had hoped was going to be the redeemer of Israel. Now, here are the words. Catch these words. We had hoped. Had, underscore the word had, past tense. We had hope. We don't have any hope now. 
Without Jesus, there's no hope. There's no hope of anything getting better. Well, let's get back to this story. Hope. Hope simply means eager expectation or waiting for what's ahead. Somebody said this trite saying one time, where there's life, there's hope. Have you heard that? Where there's life, there's... Well, that's a trite saying. Maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't true. But let me give you a statement that is true. Where there's hope, there's life. If you don't have hope that things are going to get better in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, if you don't have hope, friend, you're not really living. You're just existing. Well, here's the story. Mary does have a future. She finds out that she has a future when Jesus speaks her name. Mary is there at the tomb weeping. The angel said, Mary, or woman, why are you weeping? This is a little bit of review from last week. Woman, why are you weeping? She said, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. There's the words. Catch it. I don't know. I don't know about today. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about my family. I don't know about my finances. I don't know about my health. I just don't. That's how it is without Jesus. You just don't know. She said, I don't know. There was a time she did know. Oh, she had hope. Yes, great expectation. Her life had been changed. Seven demons had been cast out of her. Wonderfully changed. But today, she just doesn't know. She was so honest and so transparent. And then Jesus appears. Jesus appears. And that's been my prayer this week. That's been my prayer this morning. That Jesus will appear somehow to you. And that you will turn from doubt to faith. From not knowing to knowing. Because Jesus is here. Now she didn't recognize Jesus at first. You know... Let me tell you why she didn't recognize him. Because she didn't expect to see him. If you came to church expecting it just to be another first Sunday communion service, then chances are you won't see Jesus. But if you came expecting something new, not knowing what you were expecting, but you just had an excitement, you jumped out of bed on tiptoe, How many did that? (laughs) I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to the church of friendship and joy. I'm going to meet my spiritual family. I'm going to hear the word of God. I'm going to meet Jesus. Hey, if you came, maybe not exactly those words, but there was something ticking inside you. This is the day the Lord has made. He's made it for me and my spouse and my children And for the Largo Community Church, something good is going to happen today. Friend, then you're going to see something. But if we come in and we just plop down, and then we're going to plop up, (laughs) and then we're going to plop out, (laughs) it's going to just be a plop, plop week. (laughs) But if you come with expectation, you're going to meet Jesus. And when Jesus spoke her name, whoo! Did that lady have an experience? She turned, and I'm sure with a loud, joyous voice, Rabboni, teacher, capital T, teacher. Her faith came back. Her hope came back. 
Now she knew she has a future. Her life is going to turn around and her life is going to go somewhere because Jesus is with her to teach her how to live and how to believe and how to fight the battles of faith and how to overcome. I have a teacher to teach me how to be strong when circumstances are adverse. I have a teacher. Friend, you have somebody. Don't neglect that somebody. What would happen to our children if they neglected their teacher going to school and only went to school on a Monday and then dropped in again on Thursday? No. You want that child to know that teacher, reverence that teacher, learn from that teacher. Friend, you have a teacher. How often do you sit at his feet and learn of him? You're here in his presence today. Resurrected Jesus to learn of him. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. The Largo Community Church continues to worship on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. by way of live streaming. If there is ever a time when we need the church and the Christians need one another, it's now. To view the live streaming worship, go to the church's website, largocc.org. That's L-A-R-G-O-C-C dot org. Click on Watch Live on Sundays and let's worship the Lord together. L-A-R-G-O-C-C dot org. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message, A Future and a Hope. the evening of that first day. As I mentioned last week, Jesus arose from the dead on Sunday. Now, when he arose from the dead to the time he ascended back to heaven, 40 days lapsed. During those 40 days, he appeared 11 times to the disciples. Every time he appeared, it was on Sunday. Jesus has Sunday in his heart. He is a first-day Savior, and every day can be a first day to the believer that's following Jesus. So on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples, these are students of Jesus, followers of Jesus, people who have given up everything to follow Jesus, we have left all to follow you, they were together. Now, there's something about assembling ourselves together with God's people, coming together. How many people through the years have told me, oh, I can stay home and worship God. I I suppose you can. And it's okay if you're sick, (laughs) if you you can't go to church. But, But who wants to do that when they're well? Just to arbitrarily say, I'm gonna, I don't have to get dressed. I can sit on the couch. The church is streaming. God bless everybody who's watching by way of streaming. I'm glad you're watching. (laughs) But they were together. There's something about being together, anticipating. It's, it's not a, an effort to get together with God's people. It's being together. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, we read, Let us not give up meeting together or assembling together as some are. Even back there in the New Testament, some people started stopped going to church. Can you believe that? And the, uh, the writer, the apostle says, as the day is appearing, Jesus is coming. 
and he's going to rapture the church and he's going to take us all together. He's not going to rapture the church and then come back and say, oh, I'll take that one now and then I'll take that one. He doesn't rapture individuals. He raptures a church, an assembly, a group of people. You know, people that, that feel that they can just arbitrarily, I'm talking about people just arbitrarily, they, they just absent themselves from the God's people. Okay, when the rapture takes place and you happen to get in that rapture and you're up there in heaven with all of us, you're going to feel so awkward, so out of place because you're not used to being in church on a regular basis with God's people. He's not going to gather all of us together around the throne and put a little cabin over in the corner of glory land so you can worship from your kitchen or your living room by yourself. Friend, the disciples were together and that's when Jesus appeared. Wow, together. And they were there with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Now they knew what the Jews had done to Jesus. Not that the Jews with their own hands physically did to Jesus. It was the Romans that physically crucified him. But the Romans would not have crucified him if the Jews hadn't insisted. Actually, Pilate wanted to release him. Pilate said, I find no fault with him. Pilate's wife came to Pilate one night. She said, I had a dream. This is a good man. I'm using my words. I'm paraphrasing. They don't have anything to do. And so Pilate got up again and he said, you know, behold your king. Who shall I release to you, Jesus or Barabbas? And the Jews said, you're going to have a riot on your hands. A whole nation is going to rise up against you. We demand. And so finally he did what they demanded. So they were not afraid of the Romans. They were afraid of the Jews. And they themselves were Jews. Notice that for fear of the Jews, then Jesus came and stood among them. Wow. Then Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus knows how to handle every negative, every fearful, every situation. Now, notice this. He said, peace be with you. Now, there's another scripture. Can you put the other one up? Okay, read that one with me. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, notice it said, after he said this, he showed them his hands and side. Now comes the overjoy. They saw Jesus. They saw the reality of his love. He didn't just preach love. He did love. He showed them his hands and his side. And in seeing him and in seeing his hands and in seeing his side, that's what brought the overjoy. You've got to get close. You can't look at him at a distance afar off. But when you get close to him, so close that you can see the evidence of his love. You can see the scars. When you see those scars, now you know how much he loves you. And then, lastly, and I'm going to close now, Mary had a future. The disciples have a future. Now I want you to say, I have a future. future. You have a future and a hope. In this life, And in the life to come, you have a future and a hope. Now, in Isaiah chapter 9, let me read Isaiah chapter 9. The government will be on his shoulders, and the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The government will be on his shoulders. I, I, I tell you what I want today for myself. 
And I believe you want it for yourself also. You want him to govern your life, don't you? Govern your future. And he will. I'm going to take, by the help of the Lord, by faith in Jesus through his word, I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to do this for myself, and I want you to do it as you get ready to come to this holy table to see his hands and to see his side. I don't want you to see the cup. I don't want you to look at how, it's, how you're observing it. I want you to see his hands, his feet, his side, his brow. I want you to see love today when you come to this holy table, the love of God expressed through Jesus and through his broken body and through his shed blood. The government, I want to take the government of my life. I'll tell you, I know how to make a mess of my life. The world can mess us up in, in in a big way. But I want to take the government of my life and I want to place it on him, intentionally place it on him. The scripture says, then Jesus breathed on them. Oh, I wish I could I wish I could explain this. There's no words. He breathed on them. Now they became regenerated spiritually. He breathed on them. And they became a living soul, just as Adam did. God formed Adam, but Adam was just a clump of clay. He was just a, a piece of flesh until Jesus breathed on him. Now, that's what I'm expecting when I come to church, to see Jesus, to see the people of Jesus, to love and have fellowship with the people of Jesus, but for him to breathe on me. Now, you can't talk unless you breathe. You have to have breath. It has to come. And the word of God is the breath of God. Now, all morning, especially during this sermon, God has been breathing every word. He has been breathing. And if you have felt the breath of God, if he has breathed on you, now you're going to come alive no matter how much death is in your body, in your spirit, in your family, in your marriage, in your finances. No matter how much death, death cannot reign. Jesus is going to be the governor and he's going to breathe on you and give you life. Now, pastor, When you preach, when the choir sings, when we read the word, that's why I was having you read the word today, that you might get as close to the word and that the word might get as close to you as we could possibly get. Only then are we going to feel the breath of God. The scripture says, hear it now. Please hear this. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. He's been breathing on you this morning. Tell me, tell me, where, what are you experiencing? Where has the change come? Tell me about the change that you've already experienced. You've already heard it. My sermon is over. The word of God, I'm finished now. He has breathed. Has, has it happened? Has it happened? Ah, we used to sing when I was a little boy in church. Let him breathe on me. Let him breathe on me. Let the breath of God Now breathe on me. And we would sing it over. That's all we would sing. Let him breathe on me. Let him breathe on me. Let the breath of God. Friend, 
you've heard. All scripture is God-breathed. And God is alive today in Jesus. And he's still breathing. Let him breathe on me. Would you bow your heads with me now, please? Friend, do you feel the breath of God on your life and in your circumstances? He is there, right beside you. And even though events in the world today may make your future hopes seem dim, God has already gone ahead of you and has a hope and a future for you. Reach out to Him in prayer today and claim His promises for yourself. The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. But we can't do it alone. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. When you contact us, Pastor Morris will return a note of thanks and will lift your name up in prayer to God with heartfelt thanks and appreciation. Be sure to tune in Monday at the same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until then, blessings on you.